into hour number two of the Press Box for a Monday, March the 21st it is. Episode number 301, the first of week number 61, Inside the Press Box. Mike Grace from the Breakline Optic Studios welcoming you in on great stations around the state of Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. My partners, Chris Stewart is in Birmingham, J.D. Byers is in Mobile. Fellas, I've got on the phone, I've tried to ring the Reeves residence down in Tampa. Hello, who is this? Hello? Is this the Reeves residence? Reeves? TJ? Yes, it absolutely is. Are you wanting to talk to me, or uh, is the punchline well, that you're wanting to talk to my 13-year-old daughter who knows more than all the rest of us about the NCAA tournament, I saying, We could chat with, with T.J. Reeves. He is the Buck sideline guy and the host of college basketball coast-to-coast. Coast. But I understand his 13-year-old twin daughter, Riley, is leading the family bracket. So maybe it's she, Riley we should be talking to. She's not just leading the family bracket. As I posted on social media yesterday, she wanted to proudly – they're not allowed. They don't have phones. They're not allowed to be on social media. But she wanted it out there for for the public consumption that she was in the 96th percentile of selections for ESPN uh, mm-hmm. yesterday about midday. Now, she did not have either Duke or Michigan State. So that knocked her down a peg. She had Davidson uh, moving through to the Sweet 16. Didn't happen. But that's OK, uh, because I think ESPN has about 39 million people in the contest. So the fact that that Riley was in the upper tier, like within binocular range, guys, of the of the top of the contest is good. Uh, welcome to the brackets. We've known this for years, haven't we, uh, Mike and JD and Chris, that the people that are the most dangerous in these office pools and making the picks are the ones that know nothing, the ones that are picking on jersey colors, nicknames, or in my wife's case, if there are relatives in certain states where she knows, uh, you know, that relative, she goes with the team. That's why she had Wisconsin, because she has relatives in Wisconsin. She had Wisconsin winning the whole thing. She's down in flames now as they lost oh, this weekend. But anyway, good to be with you boys on a Monday. It's good to talk to you. And in addition to the, uh, the lead-in that Mike gave you, you also broadcast a number of conference tournament championship games on national radio as well um we know we've seen it there's really good basketball played outside of the power five really good basketball Uh, this is where it takes it, it gets in the spotlight more because nobody watches more college basketball than right now but is this all of these things you've talked about is it a is it a blip on the radar because of the COVID year and the transfer rule, everything tied in with that, or is this what college basketball is about to be for a while? Well, I think it's a good question because one of those games you mentioned and it ties right in here to Alabama, where I'm on with you guys. You look at what Andy Kennedy did at UAB, and I got to work the Conference USA title win for them. Uh, Man, that seems like it was a month ago, but it was actually only nine days ago when they won in Frisco, Texas over Louisiana Tech. Seven prominent players that are transfers and immediately eligible from other programs as Andy Kennedy just went, you know, uh, on a shopping spree, essentially, in the transfer portal and and got uh, Jelly Walker, uh, got Ertl, the three-point shooter, uh, and two or three other guys that that were key contributors that were on somebody else's roster last year. Uh, You look... I mean, again, this is a pro and a con because you you have several other teams. Texas Tech is another one that's alive in the Sweet 16 that went and got like four players out of the transfer portal uh, to help them, and now they're gonna they're gonna advance on to play Duke. Then you have other programs 
that have that have had stability. I mean, Villanova's basically got the same guys that they've had for three and four years, and they're back in the Sweet 16. So you look at the stability of that program. UCLA is the same thing, where it's basically the same group that made that run last year. Basically, everybody is back, and they, they didn't dip into the transfer portal for very much. So it's kind of hit and miss. But, I mean, you make a good point that this whole thing evolves. Here's the one thing I keep coming back to, guys. Everybody's got players. Look at that St. Peter's team that knocked off Big Bad Kentucky. They have players. They have two or three players that are that are maybe not better than what Kentucky has, but on some nights can be as good as what Kentucky has. Even though that is a tiny 2,300-student school in New Jersey, Shaheen Holloway and his staff went and found two or three guys and or coached up who they had, and they can play right there with the, uh, with the big boys. I, I was just impressed uh, with their talent level. That was not a fluke. That was not an accident. On any given night, it can happen, and it happened to Kentucky. I know you guys are probably heartbroken over that. Uh, probably oh, equally as heartbroken that Auburn couldn't get it done on Sunday night uh, against against Miami. I know some of your audience will care, but it just it just shows you that even even those smaller programs they have players, boys. They do. T.J. Reeves is joining us, and you you speak about these teams, these matchups, and the bracket, uh, and you do it with authority. And it's why I'm curious about what I want to ask you about is uh, college basketball coast to coast. A lot of yes. times we have guests and we're like, hey, plug how folks can follow you, and they tell you their Twitter handle. But I, I'm really curious about this uh, this product you're putting out and, and how it came to be and, and how we can get, get to the content. Well, listen, I, I appreciate any opportunity to plug and promote, and guys like you and Chris have, have helped me through the years. I, uh, Stuart, I know uh, we're kind of contemporaries. It doesn't seem like it's been this long, but I've been in and around the NCAA tournament in the Final Four since 1991. So you start accumulating like the Rolodex of who to contact and who to see. And I've got people all over the country that I can go to broadcasters, former players, former coaches. So it is a labor of love. It is a lot of fun. I enjoy this stuff. My wife rolls her eyes at me every March because she becomes like the basketball widow that a lot of others do uh, as well. But it's a lot of fun to do this show. So the show's available in in podcast form. It's available on TuneIn for free on the TuneIn app. It streams the top and bottom of every hour. A perfect example, we have a new show that is already up uh, recapping what happened this weekend, and, and a buddy of mine, Matt Zimmick, that is out in the West, has tremendous perspective on Arizona and their run. Arizona has not been in the Final Four. Let me hit you guys with a trivia question. J.D., okay. Chris, and Mike, if I said to you last time the Arizona Wildcats were in the Final Four, do not Google it, do not look. Last time Arizona in the Final Four, your year guess would be what? How long has it been? What's what's the guesses? 1983. 83 is a, is a long time ago. What else you got? <laughs> 96, 97. Stewart is close. J.D., what do you got? 04. Chris Stewart on The Price is Right is the closest without going over. 1997. It has been 25 years since that story program that used to be in the Final Four all the time under Lute Olson back in the uh, in the 80s and the 90s has been in the Final Four. So they were dying figuratively last night if you stayed up late and TCU almost knocked them out of the NCAA tournament because they're a one seed and this is a oh, great yeah. chance for them to be in the Final Four. So it just tells you what this is. So anyway, uh, Matt does a great job on uh, the historical perspective on this edition. But I mean, I bring Chris on, I get some SEC, I get some Big Ten mixed in. 
it's it's a lot of fun to go to these different broadcasters. One of my broadcast partners, Ari Russell, is based in New York, uh, where the Big East is obviously king, where Villanova looks good again, and Providence looks good again. That's the charm of this tournament, guys, is that no matter what region you're in, you're more than likely going to have a team or two that is still left on the second weekend that you know that you're interested in, and uh, and that's what we have again this year. You mentioned your broadcast partners, T.J. Reeves, our guest, uh, college basketball broadcaster, but also sideline guy for the Tampa Bay Bucks, and your partner <laughs> for many years, uh, announcing that he's hanging it up not with Tampa Bay Bucks. But as the voice of the Florida State Seminoles, Gene Deckerhoff, one of the most beloved guys in our business, um, to say that the career has been legendary is a major understatement. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And, uh, and again, Gene only came to this decision recently. I knew from having talked with him previously that it's not going to be too many more years. Uh, he has been the voice of Florida State's football for 43 seasons, 43 of them and is in the College Football uh, Hall of Fame in their broadcast recognition wing. He's in the Florida Sports Hall of Fame as well. He is iconic. Uh, there is no, there's no question about that. And, uh, and he's had a blast doing national championship games with Bobby Bowden, the late, the late legendary Bobby Bowden and Jimbo Fisher, and now doing Super Bowls with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with John Gruden and Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks, and now with that Tom Brady guy and Bruce Arians. So what a storied Hall of Fame uh, career. And uh, we look forward to another season of Gene doing Buccaneer football, and then he will ride off into the sunset uh, with uh, it, with all the accolades that he deserves. And let me and let me say publicly what I say to everybody publicly whenever I can, or privately as well. As talented and iconic that as that voice is, he is as great a person and as genuine a person. Gene would do anything for you. Gene would pull over on the side of the road and help you change a tire. Gene would come pick you up from the airport at one o'clock in the morning if you needed it. That's the kind of guy he is. Love me some mean Gene, boys. In, in Buccaneer uh, lingo, it's fire them cannons. Whenever you hear him say that, you know the Bucks have scored. So we love that. Well, I, I got to. He was. He won the Woody Durham Award this year at the yes. National Sports Media Banquet. So I got to spend some time with him and, and met his wife, and we we talked. And but only the first thing that could kind of break the ice when I was talking to to Gene was, "Hey, I know T.J. Reeves." But he did light up, by the way, and just started laughing. <laughs> he didn't shy uh, but, away but, and say, why am I talking to you then? Get away from me. Yeah. That's good. But his his energy for his age matches yours. And I don't yeah. mean that as a knock because uh, you're an energetic guy. And, uh, you know, he was he was jovial, took time for anybody who wanted to talk to him. Uh, and he's just that kind of guy you want to hang out with. And I can only imagine how great the road trips have been. Oh, it's, it's amazing uh, to be around him and how prepared he is and how revered he is. And the, the neat thing that he is forever intertwined with with Florida State is they were a nothing program until Bobby Bowden got there. And he got there and got into the Florida State broadcast booth at the same time that Bobby Bowden got there. And that rise, because, again, it was not easy. For a lot of years, they were taking lumps in the late 70s and, and getting beaten up and weren't in a conference and had to try to establish themselves by playing you know, tough teams, SEC teams, Big Ten teams, or whatever on the road. And when Florida State rose to prominence in the early to mid-80s and, and really had that run probably of about 20 years where they were as dominant as any program in college football, Gene is on the call of all those iconic moments. It's uh, it's amazing to go back and relive 
uh, the games he's calling, whether Deion Sanders is returning punts, whether Charlie Ward is throwing touchdown passes. Uh, it's it's just neat to go back and, and relive all that. You know, one of the one of the uh, the iconic moments wasn't even in a win. The arch rival Florida was beating them. I believe this was the ninety one or ninety two. It all fades now. The ninety two Florida Florida State game. Florida, the arch rival, and Steve Spurrier beating them thirty one to three. Thirty one to three to begin the fourth quarter. Florida State comes back. 28-point rally to tie the game, and the game ends in a 31-all tie. This was just before the college football adopted the overtime rules. For years, guys, they sold just the fourth quarter on cassette tape. That's how long ago it was before they converted it finally to CD. They sold only the fourth quarter of Gene Deckerhoff's calls of, uh, of that fourth quarter of the Florida comeback. Uh, and it's one of the iconic things in a Hall of Fame career for him. And it ended in a tie, but it was a tie that felt like a win that day against the hated Gators. So there you go. T.J. Reeves, our guest here inside the press box. A few minutes we got left. Your thoughts on the favorites were down to 16. Everybody's brackets blown up. There's no point even <laughs> going over those. But of the 16 we've got left, anybody outside of Gonzaga and Arizona that you think will win it? Hey, Houston, be careful with Houston against Arizona. The way their length, their defense, the way they rebound, they're dangerous to knock Arizona out. I I have, from the beginning of this tournament, thought that it was going to end up being Gonzaga and Villanova. I still have my Final Four intact because I also have Purdue and I also have Kansas. But if you think this is going to be all the favorites, all the one seeds, if you think Gonzaga and Arizona and Kansas are all going to get there to the Final Four, somebody's going to go down. Something's going to happen. Uh, the interesting thing for Duke and Coach K in that story career is can he get back to the Final Four one more time, if not have a chance to win it? Those are not easy matchups, guys. Texas Tech defensively against them in the Sweet 16 game, and then Gonzaga is the most talented team in the tournament. You know, Chris Stewart, I was hurting. You were hurting on Friday night after Alabama had lost to Notre Dame, and then I'm hurting because my Memphis Tigers went toe-to-toe with Gonzaga. I'm a Memphis yes. alum. Me and Penny Hardaway and Elvis Presley in Memphis. Uh, and, and Memphis, uh, you know, stuck right with Gonzaga only to have Gonzaga show why they're arguably the best team that is uh, that is in college basketball and the best team that's left. So Gonzaga eliminated Memphis. But the best team doesn't always win this thing on any given night. Remember, Gonzaga was undefeated all the way through to the championship game last year, and Baylor got him in the title game. So it will not be easy. Uh, and do not pick all the favorites here. That's the free advice from TJ on a Monday morning as we head to the Final Four. Last thing before I let you go. I mean, Tom Brady's back. So, are you surprised? But he's feeling good because Michigan's still alive in his bracket. Oh, but you want to talk about a little football? Uh, This is crazy. I mean, it's crazy to have him back. It's not. I I will put it to you this way: It, it was not that huge of a shock that he would want to return because we've seen Michael Jordan want to return. We've seen you know Tiger Woods back from injury want to return and continue to play. And so, uh, yeah, needless to say, the area is re-enthused, re-energized. We can't wait to see what he has at 46 years. He'll be 46 years of age during this upcoming football season. What is left in the tank? I will say this one more time. I was on with you guys around playoff time. At the end of the season, Tom Brady still had it and could make all the throws. And if that continues physically, the Bucs are going to have a great chance to contend for the Super Bowl again. How crazy is that so a lot of fun with him a lot of fun with the ncaa tournament 
And this time next week, we'll know who the final four is, by the way, for the NCAA tournament. We're excited about that. Understandably so. Appreciate you. Thanks so much for the time. Uh, look forward to catching up again very soon. But uh, enjoy what's left of the madness. Yeah, no doubt about that. Always good to be with you guys. And if you need any more bracket advice, Riley Reeves, 13 years of age, is available. I was going to say, yeah, TJ, since she doesn't have social media, uh, which would way to go you and the mom, by the way. That's great parenting. She has Villanova winning it all, by the way. Okay, okay. That is Riley's national champion, just to put it out there on the press box. So let's see what happens. All right, we're counting on you to keep us updated on social media. We shall. We shall, brother. Good to be with you. Thanks, brother. That is TJ Reeves. Again, college basketball, coast to coast. Find it wherever you you find uh, your favorite podcast and again on TuneIn Radio. That is good stuff. And TJ just the best. Want to talk to the guys? Hit them up at the contact page online at PressBoxRadio.com or find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at PressBoxRadio1. That's PressBoxRadio and the number one. That's how you can earn access to the PressBox. Box.